Hello, my name is Pastor Mark Sturmer with The Church International, and I would just like to say welcome to our podcast. I know God wants to use this to speak something very positive into your life. I know this will encourage you, help you grow in your walk with the Lord. And look, if you enjoy this, leave a review, make sure you share it with someone, and go ahead and subscribe so that you won't miss out on any of the messages that God wants to communicate to you. Well, look, God bless, get ready, lean in, and watch what the Lord is about to do. Amen. Well, look, as we get started this morning, I have a question. Who... Who, who in here, whenever you kind of get, make a decision, let's say maybe it's a decision to start uh, exercising or maybe it's a decision to start waking up earlier or uh, starting to kind of be, maybe keep a schedule, keep a calendar, things, things like that. Maybe a, a, lot of, a lot of responsibility stuff. Who, whenever they make decisions to like move forward, is pretty pumped whenever they make that decision originally? Come on, can I see you raise your hand? All right, let's see. All right, here's a good one. Let's talk about this. Who, whenever they make a decision to, let's say, work on their diet and stuff, you're going through your house and you're just throwing all the junk food in your house away. Come on, raise your hand. Who is that? All right, so then what happens after that? You're like, all right, dude, go ahead. I threw your crumble, crumble, crumble cookies away. Because I didn't want to eat them. Yeah, so I'll be we, honest. So for Valentine's Day, real quick, we're, for Valentine's Day, we went and got some crumble cookies, which look, let me tell you something, they live up to the hype, bro. Yeah, they're really the first good. time having them, but they live up to the hype, yeah. bro. You got to hit that thing up. All right, so we got some crumble cookies. I had over a half of a crumble cookie left that I was waiting to eat, and she threw it in the trash. I kept bro. eating them. Threw it in like, the trash. I can't and do it was not like it was a week later. I it was threw like the kids away too, y'all. She threw our kids' cookies away. Can you believe that? You know what? <laughs> So Babe, now, just go. Yeah. I'm just finished. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, I really need y'all to pray I thought I was going to get away with it, but he brought it up last night. And I was like, he said, the kids ate them. And I said, actually, I threw them away. Yeah. <laughs> Look, y'all, just pray for me. All right. Like, it's, it's a rough, you know, God, I need God to work in my life. Oh my so uh, so uh, you go, let's say you start doing this health journey thing. You throw everything away and you go shopping, go get some healthy food. Come on, who's done that? Go shopping, go get some healthy food. Well, so the first few days, you know, you're eating this healthy food that you bought. You're trying these new recipes. But who in here, let's just be honest. All right, let's just be honest. Let's say a week in, maybe two days in, maybe a couple weeks in, you know, something like that. It's around, let's just say it's around 10 o'clock at night. And all of those greens and chicken breasts you bought aren't looking too delicious. <laughs> Come on, can I get who's a like you're it's nine it's nine, ten o'clock and you're like, bruh, do I even have cookie, do I even no? have like just do I have anything? Do I even have milk that's a little sweet in this house? Like anything that tastes good. Is there anything in my house that tastes good? You're you're over here so just real. like putting like actual real sugar on almonds yeah. and putting them in your oven just to like make Shake something taste good, you know? Yeah. Well, what happens is eventually kind of halfway through that process, you, you're really, we're really passionate at the beginning, but eventually kind of in there, it kind of starts to get a little tough to keep to your decisions. Or come on, ladies, I'm going to say ladies, it's, I'm, it's not just for the ladies, but I'm going to say generally ladies. In my experience, you start, let's say ladies, you, you sit down with your husband and you're like, hey, let's watch a movie together. Yeah. And you're super hyped about watching a movie. And then what happens? L, let's see I'm about, committed. what, maybe, what, three minutes while. into the movie? <laughs> something like that? I make it like 
30. Like 30 minutes into a movie, we start, we're going to watch this movie together, put the kids to bed, turn it on, rent it and everything. And then about 30 minutes into a movie, bro, she is out. Like completely out. I said, like, baby, it's the only time I relax. I'm with you. I don't have anything else to think about. So I guess it's just my body just relaxes and I fall asleep. I ain't even going to lie. So this is what, if we have a movie that she wants to watch, because we like watching different stuff. And let's say something she wants to watch. I'll say yes, knowing that. And she'll fall asleep 30 minutes in and then I'll swap like, to the yeah, movie I that I want to watch. I ain't going to lie. I don't wake minutes. her up and I just swap to what I wanted to watch. Because I'm oh, like, all right, yeah, she's gone. She's gone. We're but a good team, I guess. <laughs> what happens in our life is we'll, we'll make kind of like these, these things. We'll make decisions with good intention, and we'll make a decision to move forward on something. Or maybe you go through your life, and you're going through something, and initially, whenever you start moving forward, so you get pretty excited, you're passionate, you're ready to go. But at, at some point in every one of our lives, whenever we're going through something, we'll hit a point whenever we get kind of halfway from making a decision or start moving in a direction to actually getting to our end and things starts to change, things start to change, we start to run into things, things start to get more difficult and we have to deal with those things in our life. And there's a really good example of that in the Bible. Can someone say the Israelites? Israelites. Can someone say the Israelites? Israelites. Can someone say we about to learn from the Israelites this morning? And it's the Israelites in the wilderness. And what is the wilderness? Well, the wilderness for the Israelites was they had just come out of Egypt and they were in slavery and bondage. And then Moses leads them and then they become in the wilderness, but they're on their way to the promised land. They're on their way to freedom, to all the things. And so the wilderness is sometimes that middle place in between where you've made the decision, right? I'm going to eat healthy. I'm going to start working out. And then the weeks after, the weeks after to the goal that you're getting to. Because when we all go into something making a decision or when the Lord's been speaking something to us, right? And we're like, this is what I know it's going to look like. This is what I feel like he's speaking to me. And this is what I think the outcome is going to look like. But where do we have to be in order to get to the outcome. We have to be in the middle, in the wilderness. Maybe you're in here today and maybe you're saying, yeah, that really, I relate to that. I'm kind of in the wilderness right now. I'm kind of in a middle spot where I, I jumped out, I made this leap. I'm, tr I'm, I'm, I'm trusting the Lord for something, but I just, I'm kind of like, I don't know. So today we're going to talk about how to middle. How to middle. And look, and even for some of you, wilderness may be that Maybe something has happened in your life where maybe it's something tragic, maybe something you can't control. Yeah. You end up in a situation and you're in between that thing starting. Yeah. And maybe you didn't make this decision to get into this, but you end up somewhere and you're between where that thing started and where it's going to end up. And that's another thing. That's what another thing that wilderness can be for us. We want to look at the example of the Israelites in the Bible just to kind of explain what's going on in this story and where we end up. And so the Israelites, as we know, are in Egypt, mm -hmm. you know, and they're slaves. They're slaves to Egypt. And what happens in the story is Moses actually goes, he goes and he's, you know, setting them free. We know the scripture where he goes back over and over again, trying to get the Israelites set free. And what happens in the story is eventually through God working some miraculous things, doing some signs and wonders, the Israelites get told that they could leave Egypt. So you can imagine for Israelites how exciting this would be. Could you imagine being enslaved by people group for that long? And finally, one day, they're told that they could leave Egypt. 
Come on, you can imagine kind of like how whenever we start off something in our lives, the excitement they feel that as they get their stuff together, they're told that they can even bring wealth with them. Yeah. You know, they're super excited. They're pulling stuff together. They're leaving. It's been literally lifetimes since they've been, they've been there for lifetimes. And so as they're leaving, they're pumped, they're excited, but not only are they leaving that not only are they leaving slavery and they're gaining freedom, but they're also headed towards something that's promised them, which is called the promised land. So could you imagine the, like, the level of excitement they feel as they're leaving? They're headed out. So we see the Israelites in the story. They're leaving Egypt. They're, they're, everything's good. Everything's fine. But in the story, they come to a point, and this is where we want to look at our first lesson today, is they come to a point where they run into the Red Sea. So what happens is they run into the Red Sea. And what happens in this story is they run into the Red Sea. They're sitting there. They camp out. And eventually, while they're there trying to figure out what they're going to do, all of a sudden, they see that Pharaoh and all of his, his army is chasing after them. So could you imagine having just left, just left Egypt, taking all this stuff with you, you're so super excited, you're pumped, you're ready to go. And then all of a sudden, just a little while later, you've got the people that enslaved you for so long, they're chasing after you, looking to come and get you. Well, this is the place that the Israelites end up in in this story. But something interesting actually happens, that whenever the Israelites are at the Red Sea, you would imagine that because of the things that the Israelites just saw God do in Egypt, because if you remember that there is a bunch of miraculous things, signs, wonders that God does, undeniably God, that happen for them to be able to leave. You would imagine that whenever the Israelites end up in a place where things are not really working out, they're not really going according to the plan, come on, can I get an amen? Whenever you end up in your life in a middle point where it looked like everything was going to work out, come on, yeah. have you, has anyone, maybe you go out and yeah. you start some kind of business venture and you get halfway there and then something starts, you start to hit some bumps in the road. Come on, or maybe you start buying a house, and then halfway through, you're like, man, there's a lot of stuff i got to deal with. Or, but come on, who you have a child. Can I get an amen? Like, yeah. you, you're like, I'm going to yeah. have a kid. And yeah. then That's eventually true. in that process, you're like, so I have to wake up and feed this thing at night? Is that what you're trying to tell me? Like, you know, you end up in a point somewhere in your life yeah. where you end up in a place, you're like, hold up. Like, this was definitely not right. in the cards that I intended to pick up. And this is where we find the Israelites. But I want to look at the scripture and look at their response. It's Exodus chapter 14, verse 12. It says this. This is, this is the Israel's, Israel's response to their predicament. It says, is this not the word that we spoke to you in Egypt saying, leave us alone so that we may serve the Egyptians? For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. You know, it's crazy you know what's crazy about this situation is that as soon as the Israelites are free, they're free from bondage, they're free from pain, as soon as they run into a scenario where things are starting to look not like they expected or things start to get a little uneasy, isn't it crazy how they immediately start craving the pain and the bondage that they just walked out of? And come on, how, much, how, how often can we do that in our own lives? Maybe you step out into something. Yeah. Maybe you're going through something, and as soon as things get tough, you say, man, I should have never even started this. Let's get real. Maybe you're married, and you start to deal with some stuff in your marriage. Because, look, marriage is not easy. 
Look, Ellen, and I can tell you, we're, I know some people like to talk about how they never fight or argue, but that's not us. <laughs> like marriage is tough, bro. And maybe you get halfway through there and you say, look, why did I even get myself into this? We can do that in our lives. We're our response to getting halfway through something, finding this thing that we're running after. We say, man, I should have just stayed over there. I, should have, like, I shouldn't have even got involved in this. We can run into that same thing, in, that same spot in our own personal lives. But I want to tell you something about this story that's amazing. When you look at this story, you see, so the Israelites find a place where it's, it looks like they're about to get killed. They go to Moses and they're like, look, bruh, like we should have just stayed in Egypt because at least there we would be alive. It's better than dying here, out here by this water. Like we don't have anything to do, nowhere to go. The thing about this is that God, and this is the thing about this story that I want you to understand, and it's the same thing that can be true for your life, is that God took the very thing that was blocking, the thing that was in agitation, the thing that threw a wrench in their plans, and used that very thing to create a pathway for them to get mm. to their freedom. Yeah. And yeah. God can and will yep. do the same thing in your life. Whenever you end up in a spot where you end up halfway through where you're struggling with something, you're like, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. Or I didn't, say, I didn't bargain for this. So what am I supposed to do about this? If you just trust in God, God can and he will step in to your situation. And the very thing yeah. that you're saying, bruh, yeah. this is stopping me and I shouldn't have even came here. He will take that very thing and he will use it as a pathway yeah. for you to get to the place that you were supposed to go in the first place. Because that's the, that's, that's the way that God does it. Yeah. That's the way that God does it. And we see that here in this story with the Israelites. And then we move a little bit further on into Exodus, just the very next chapter. And remember, we're learning lessons from the Israelites today. So we're learning. Keep track of all the things that we're talking about. We move a little bit further into Exodus 15, 22 through 24. And so like Pastor Levi was saying, God was able to split the Red Sea. So they're like, yeah, let's move through this. We're moving through. So in the beginning of Exodus 15, they're rejoicing. They're actually, it talks about that it's the first song of praise that was happening. They're excited. They're like, yeah, that's my God. That's my God. This is amazing. Come on. Let's do this. Let's Part, let's go let's there. Go. Let's go. Yeah, I don't know why I just repeated you. That was so weird. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> Sorry, it was a video I've watched again. to remind me of it. Oh, my goodness. And so they're journeying on to the promised land. Again, remember that. Okay. So they hit a spot where they're in the wilderness for three days. And they, it's the wilderness called Shur. And for the, three days, they have no water. But then they get to a town or a place called Marah. And that place has water. So they're like... Yes, we found water. We've been thirsty for three days. Okay, let's drink. Big wins. And most, yeah, big wins. No, big stop. Wins. I'm not as cool as you. Don't say those things. I'm just, say <laughs> I'm just saying what comes to my mind. Okay, so they finally hit Marah, and they're like, there's water. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. But they're told, no, you can't drink this water. It's not good. It's bitter. And so you can imagine that they're like, are you kidding me? I think about this, the, the movie Inside Out with all the emoji, emotions. I'm sure anger rose up. I'm sure fear rose up. One of the angry ones like, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? And then the anxious one is like, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I have to feed my children. I have to feed my animals. 
And so they turn to Moses and they're like, what now? What now? It makes me wonder if one of them stood up and caught the, caught the pattern by now. Like, no big deal. Like, God's going God's to gonna provide. But no, they turn to Moses and they're like, what now? What now? What do we do? And I think the lesson that we need to learn from the Israelites in this setting and in this situation is that God will put us in situations where we have to trust on him where we, we, there's no other answer. They're like, this is the solution, Lord, but this is the water. This is where I'm supposed to drink from. And you're like, but you're telling me it's bad. And so what do you do? You're like, well, I don't, I don't see any other answer, God. I don't see any other river, Lord. And so he wants us so desperately, so desperately to be in a position where we have to rely on him. When we look at a physical solution that makes sense in our mind and we don't fixate just on that, because he might have something that's going to work better and he's going to work in a different way. You know, maybe you're like, God, I, I can't even make ends meet right now, right? I, I can't. So the solution, right, would be, Lord, speak to my boss and make him give me a raise, right? That's like, that's the water. Or, or maybe you've come to a spot where it's, you've had like some type of illness or something and, the, and, and you're like, okay, no big deal. Let's do the surgery. But then the doctor says, well, actually the surgery, it, it might not work. It might not do that. So you're like, well, God, I thought that was the answer. I thought that was the water, but now you're telling me it's not good. It's too bitter. Or like Pastor Levi was saying, maybe you're in your relationship and you're like, God, I know you told me. I know you told me to marry this person. I know I'm following in your will, but this is really hard. This is really, really hard. And maybe you're in that, and you're like, well, not buying them a box of flowers or a, a thing of flowers, that's not really going to work. Or a box of chocolates on Valentine's Day, that's not really going to work. You're in the middle, right? You're like where God told you to go, but then now you're waiting on what is going to happen. And so I think that we have to remember that God may let typical solutions be blocked, so you have to trust him. And you are, you're probably saying, God, I've been thirsty for so long. I've been thirsty for so long. I've been thirsty for three years, Lord. I've been praying for this for three years, God. But I know, and like you're saying, that God works because he doesn't want us to fixate on the physical thing that may look like it makes sense, but he wants us to open our minds to the things that he can do, the bigger picture of what he's wanting to do. Yeah, we, so we look at, so we see the Israelites, we see one example with the Red Sea um, where they're having to basically trust God, don't do the best. We see another example here where needing water. But as we kind of travel through these chapters, we actually see another example of the Israelites similar, kind of do the same thing. Basically, they, once, they, once they hit the situation where they needed this water, uh, and the Lord provided a way uh, through Moses, they actually traveled to this place called Elim. I think I might be saying that right. I, I might have said it wrong. <laughs> I, when I practiced that, I think it was better. But uh, so they travel to this place where there's actually 12 springs of water, and it says that there are 70 date, uh, date palm trees. So they go from there. The Lord makes a way. He provides something. But then we actually see in the story that they move. Uh, they start moving. They move to another area, and they actually move to this place called the, well, the Wilderness of Sin. And this takes place, this next part of the story, is only 45 days after they left Egypt. So this is really close. Yeah. This is only 45 days after they left Egypt. What happens in this story is basically the Israelites find themselves in a place where they are hungry. You know, they're needing food. They're not being, they're, at this point, a lot of the food that they had brought with them, they have probably been going through it. And basically, they come to a place where they need God to provide again. 
They have to figure out what to do because they're in the wilderness. They just left this place that had, that had some resources, but now they're in a place where they need resources again from God. And I want to look at this scripture as to their response to the, being in this situation. It's Exodus 16.3. It says, The sons of Israel said to them, If only we had died by the Lord's hand in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the pots of meat, when we ate bread until we were full, for you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill, to kill this entire assembly with hunger. What do we see in this scripture? That again, the Israelites in a place, they get to a spot where they're in the middle of something they're going through. And granted, God has just kind of started to move on their behalf, provided with them with something. They just watch God open up the Red Sea, which is insane. They watched God make water they couldn't drink to where they could drink it and then provide for them more springs of water. And then they come to a place where they're hungry and their first response to being in the middle of something, their first response is to look and to say, man, we should have just died. We should have just died back there. You've brought us out here to kill us. Come on, how many of us could end up in that place in our lives where, we, where we're in between having started going through something and the place that we're supposed to go. And halfway through, we have this thing that happens in our heart where we say, man, like I could have, I, I could, I should have just died. I should have just died over here. Uh, I shouldn't have even started this in the first place. Like what is going to happen to me? We end up in a place where we end up so panicked that we start to create our own ruin. But let me tell you something. What we see it happen in the story is actually God, if you know the story, he starts to provide a food source called manna, and then he actually gives them meat as well. And when you look at this story, God actually commands the Israelites, and he actually says that he does it as a test, that each and every single day manna is going to come, it's going to appear, and then every day they gather enough food for that day, and then the following day they, they repeat it. And, and of course... As people do, some people tried to gather extra and they found that it would go bad after a day. But what did God do? And this is something that God will do with us in our situation. What did God do? The whole purpose of this situation was God was trying to teach the Israelites that in the middle of need, they needed to rely on God for their day-to-day -day provision. And that's something that God's going to do to you in your life. You're going to end up in a place where you say, you know what, God, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you're going to do this. Like you're going to end up in the middle of something. Maybe you get thrown into something in your life that you didn't prepare for. And while you're in the middle of that thing, you're like, all I have is enough to make it to the next day. Come on, how many parents do we have in here with, you say that about your kids. All I have is enough to make it to the next day. Can I get an amen? There's not a lot of overflow whenever it comes to that. Whether you have one or whether you have 20. You know, sometimes you may end up in a spot in your life where you say, all I have right now is enough to make it to the next day. Well, you see, God does that intentionally because he wants you to trust him for the day-to-day. God wants you to trust him for the day-to-day. -day. He's not just going to dump out. He's not just going to back up and dump out enough for you and say, all right, well, come and see me in about a year, whenever that runs out. No, he wants you to turn to him every day and say, God, I need you. And this is a lesson that God is trying to teach the Israelites in this story. Because you're going to end up, just like the Israelites, you're going to end up in a point in your life where every single day you're going to have to just trust God for what you're going through that day and believe that he is going to pull through and he is going to help you and give you what you need. 
God is going to do that in your life. And that's something that he's trying to teach the Israelites here. That's trying to teach us here whenever we read this scripture. Yeah, and we have one last story in Exodus 17. They're journeying to another place, and yet again, I'm speaking about water this morning, apparently. My, hit, my, my points are all water. Yet again, they reach a spot, and they're like, we don't have water. And so what do they do? You think they learned their lesson by now? No, they didn't. They turn to Moses. They turn to Moses and they're like, okay, we're here again. We don't have water. What are we going to do? The people respond in Exodus 17, 3. They say, but the people thirsted there for water and they grumbled against Moses and said, why now have you brought us up from Egypt? They keep remembering their bondage. They keep remembering it. You brought us up from Egypt, out of Egypt, just to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst. I'm like... Do you really think that God is going to free you from someone who kept you captive and then is going to kill you because you're thirsty? Like, no. Can that be one of the lessons we learn from the Lord is that he's so much bigger than our little thoughts, right? He's so much bigger than our fears. He's so much bigger than our anxieties. He's so much bigger than the thing that we can't see. He's so much bigger. See, God was asking them to have blind faith for each situation But they had good reasons to have faith, right? They had seen the miracles. They had seen each situation, every situation that they came into. They didn't know what was going to happen, but God always provided. He always provided. And so do we. We have that same exact, and we have even more of an advantage than the Israelites do because we get to learn from the Israelites, right? So today, I hope you're encouraged, actually. I hope you're reminded that, yes, I might be in this spot of unknown. I might be in the middle of I made a decision and I don't know what the outcome is. But in the middle, I know and I believe and I trust that I can trust the Father. See, the Israelites were in the wilderness for 40 years. And if you know this story, not all of them made it out. Of the, of, it, of the wilderness. And I believe today God wants you to know that we have to, we, we, us, all of us, we have to do the wilderness right. Amen? We have to do the wilderness, the middle, strong. Because here's the thing, God wants goodness for us. God wants the promised land for you. Some of you in here, you might not realize that. You might be someone that struggles with, I don't know if God's for me. Well, you need to start speaking over yourself. No, I know that the plans he has for me is to prosper. I know that he is for me and not against me. I believe and I trust that his ways are higher than my ways, that his thoughts are higher than my thoughts. You know, after after all these lessons that we've kind of looked at and learned from the Israelites, there's really one big lesson. There's one big thing that I want us to take away this morning. You see... The mistake of the Israelites here was that they were able to recognize the power of God to take and give life, but couldn't recognize his power to sustain it. And in our lives, I think we all run into that, honestly. I think I do. Where you end up in a situation and you see the power of God, you see what he can do, but you start to think that maybe God doesn't have the power to sustain the thing that he started or to sustain you. Or maybe that you don't, maybe you don't believe that God doesn't have the power to, but maybe he doesn't have the will to. Mm. That maybe God's not concerned with sustaining me. God's not concerned with necessarily trying to keep, like, keep me going. He's got so many other things to think about, so many other things to do. And we almost kind of be, I don't know if anyone else does this. We'll be, belittle ourselves a little bit 
for on God's behalf. Yeah. Where we think, man, like there's so many things going on in your world. Like, don't worry about me, God. Or look, it's fine. Like, but the truth of the matter is that God is so fervently concerned with the, the, with the place that you are right now. Do you understand that? Yeah. Like the, whatever that thing is that you're going through right now in your life. Maybe you're in the middle of having to, maybe you were in a relationship and, and that ended and it didn't go well. And so you're kind of like having to wait for God to do something else. Or maybe you're in, in the middle of, like you said, like you have, you have kids and you're trying to figure out what to do. Or maybe it's something to do with your body with like sickness. And you're like thinking, God, what are you going to do? How are you going to make this better? You may be in the middle of that thing. And I want to tell you this morning that God is so concerned with you in that spot. And I want you to hear my voice, and I want you to hear my voice on behalf of the Father, because it's the Father's heart for you. He is so concerned with you with where you are. You understand that, that God is like, he's, he's focused in on you, the thing that you're going through, and it doesn't matter how big you think it is, it's massive to God. It doesn't matter how big you, how small you think it is, it is huge to our God. Because the thing about God is he can handle yeah. all of these things, they can all be huge, and he can take care of them all at one time. God cares about you in that way. I, I want to tell a story uh, from whenever I was, whenever I was a kid. Um, whenever I was a child, we would go with my mom to run errands, like in Baton Rouge or whatever, or maybe we we're going to church, that kind of stuff. Uh, this would be an easy hand raiser. Uh, who rode with their mom whenever there was a kid? Okay, cool. <laughs> All right, I knew it could get some response there. <laughs> That's an easy one. Uh, so I remember being a kid, riding with my parents, and I was young. Uh, and one thing we used to always do whenever I was with my mom is whenever we were out, we would say, hey, mom, do you think on the way home we could get some McDonald's? We're hungry. Come on, who's that, who's that person here? You know what I'm saying? Like, be like, hey, mom, think we could get some McDonald's on the way home? Like, we're hungry. And so I remember my mom's response was always the same every single time. She would always respond with, we'll see. Bro, like how, how else can you burden someone's heart than respond to McDonald's to we'll see? You know what I'm saying? Like talk about put some stress on somebody's life. You know what I'm saying? Like you're really testing a, a brother there, you know? Like a mom, I, if you're watching this, I'm sorry. But it's just, it's, it was wrong, okay? Like no, I'm just joking. Yeah, now you joking. do it. Well, I do it, but he doesn't. So, like, yeah, so she'd say, we'll see. So I remember being a little kid, bro, and like in the car, like riding in the car. And I'm like, all right, we'll see, bro. Like, we'll see. So there's like a couple McDonald's on the way home. So I remember being in the car. You get to those first, you see the golden arches on the horizon. And you're like, all right, come on. Like first set of golden arches. You're like, let's see if she's going to stop. She passed up. That's like, fine. She's going to do the one closer to the house. It makes sense, you know. Easier to turn in because that's on the right side of the road. You know, whatever. No big deal. So you're like, she's going to stop in the next one. And I remember being, okay, Cool, cool, cool. So we go on, she's driving, and dude, finally, I remember every time, it's like, all right, I know, this is the last set of arches on the way home, bro. Like, this is the last set of, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen now, you know? So being a kid and, like, getting close, and, like, you, you, I want to say something, be like, hey, mom, like, McDonald's is right there, you know, like, just in case you wanted, you wanted to stop. But it's like, being a kid, like, I didn't want to say anything, so I'm just like, I'm not going to say anything, so I'm just, like, sitting and being like, Waiting, like trying to see if You're she's like, clicking Lord, her blinker, like, like trying to look, see, like, is she going to the brake pedal? Like, is she, <laughs> is she clicking the blinker? And I remember this moment every time whenever she didn't turn her blinker on and she didn't hit the brake pedal and you just like see McDonald's pass by. And it was like this moment of pain where, where you're like, 
like everything that you hope for in your life is just crushed in one moment. You're just like, I guess we're not going to McDonald's today. And, uh, and you're like, I guess we're going to have to go home and eat beans and rice or something like that. The, see, the, so for me as a kid, whenever we're passing McDonald's, I'm going to be honest. I feel like I'm like, bro, she forgot. Like, she forgot. Like, that was only 30 minutes ago we asked, and she already forgot about McDonald's. Or, or I would think, like, man, she doesn't even want us to stop and have McDonald's. Like, she doesn't, like, she doesn't want us to have that. Like, kind of being a little upset. Like, hey, Mom, th- this is all a joke. Okay, don't believe this. Sorry. I'm, I'm just kidding. I might be outing myself a little bit, you know. I'm like, man, uh, whenever we get home, I'm telling. No, I'm just kidding. I would never mess with my mom. But I'm going to be honest. The so like have this feeling where I feel like like man she like she didn't stop for us she's not gonna get us any food see but see the truth in, in those in those times is not that she didn't necessarily think about it it's not that she didn't have a plan it's not that she she forgot the truth is is she had a plan it was just and I didn't realize it at the time but it was a plan that was better than my plan. So to me, whenever I ended up in the middle of this car ride and I'm thinking, Mom, let's stop at McDonald's. You know, like we need some food, you know, like we need those delicious, salty, yummy, crunchy fries, you know, like, uh, all right. <laughs> you know, I'm thinking that in my mind. See, I'm thinking that she forgot. She doesn't care. But the truth is, is she had a plan. And now I realize that her plan was better. It was better for me for my health. Can I get an amen? It was better for money reasons. It was better for time reasons. And see, the thing is, is we end up in that same spot with God in our life. Where maybe you end up in the middle where you're like, God, look, let me tell you something. I'm hungry or I need this. And you're like, look, on the way home, they've got a McDonald's. Or like, hey, look, God, you could always step in and like heal me like this. Or God, you know, you could just have somebody stop by my house and write me a check. You know, that's the kind of stuff you do, God. (laughs) Or like, hey, God, you know, with my kid, you know, you could turn their heart right now. And then they could just boom, like just be chasing after you. Like you start saying all these things. You start giving God these good ideas in your life. You're like, look, this is a good idea. This is a great plan. But what we don't realize is that God has a plan. His plan is just a little better. His plan is just a little better. And look, let me tell you something. During that time, the plan's not going to feel better. Look, let me, I'm not going to lie to you and tell you that whenever you're going through something and God doesn't move, that you're going to be like, nah, dude, it's good. God knows what he's doing. Like, this is great. During that time, you might feel hatred towards God. You might be like, God's forgotten about me. What is wrong with him? Like, he doesn't even realize this is something I'm going through. Like, you may be, you might have disdain towards the creator because he's not doing the plan that is a great plan to you. But the truth is, is like, just like my mom, just like he's done over and over again, is that God has a plan. He has a plan, and his plan is good. And it's something that's going to benefit you not for just right now, but it's going to benefit you for later. I want to read a scripture in Isaiah chapter 55, 8 through 9. The scripture says, and I think this is big for us to remember. I believe a lot of us know it. It says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. What does this scripture tell us? That God's got a plan. And that though it may not seem that way to us, God's plan is better. Let me tell you something. God's plan for your life is better. And it it doesn't look like it's you, 
but it's better. I want to read a scripture in Deuteronomy chapter 31a that says, Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord will personally go ahead of you. He will be with you. He will never fail you nor abandon you. I want to tell you something, church. If everybody could just go ahead and stand to their feet this morning. Church, I want to I wanna, I wanna tell you something. God's, God's not going to abandon you and he's not going to leave you. Look, I know that there are people in here today. There are people in here this morning that, that right now you find yourself in the middle. Right now you find yourself in a wilderness. But I want to tell you something is that God, God is not going to abandon you because he cares about you. He loves you. And though it may seem like he's ignoring a really good plan, I mean, let's be honest. You, you may have a really good plan. You're like, God, this would really work out if you would just do this. It may seem like he's not bothered with it. It's because he's got a better plan for you. It's because he's got something else that's going to work out. What does the Bible say? It's going to work out for your good. He knows the plans for you. There are plans for you to prosper, plans for your future. And that plan that God has for you is for you to be able to make it through the thing that you're going through with more than just having passed it by, but having learned something on the way through it. I want to do this real quick. If everyone could just bow their head and close their eyes this morning, just out of respect for each other. If you're in here this morning and you just say, Pastor Levi, I just want to be honest. I'm in a place right now in my life where I'm in the middle. I just want you to raise your hand. If you're in the middle right now where you're having to believe God for something, come on, I want you to raise your hand this morning. I want you to raise your hand this morning. If you're having to believe that God is going to pull through and he's going to do something for you. Come on, I believe there's a couple more people. Come on, raise your hand. There's nothing wrong. We all end up in the middle. We all end up in the wilderness. Raise your hand this morning. I want to do this. I want to stand with you. Church, if, if you could look around, if you see someone with their hand raised, I just want you to put your hand on their shoulder. Just gently put your hand on their shoulder because I want, to, I want us to stand together this morning for a minute. If you've got your hand raised this morning because you're in the middle of something, let me tell you something. God will not leave you in that spot. And I want to tell you something. God is very, very yes. concerned with you. Yes. God, I wish I, I don't... I don't even have a way to really explain to you how much God cares about you right now. The amount of just love that God has for you and what you're going through right now, the amount of care he has for you. I know it looks like sometimes that maybe God's taking care of other people better than he's taking care of you. But that's not true because God cares about you. God cares about you. He's not, he hasn't forgotten about you. He hasn't left you. He loves you. Come on, if you're with, if you've got your hand on someone's shoulder, I just want you to start praying for them. Come on, just start praying for that person that you've got their, your hand on their shoulder. Just start believing with them. Come on, God loves you. God loves you. God loves you. Father, I pray in here this morning for every single person that is in this room 
that, that finds themselves in the middle. They find themselves in a wilderness moment. I pray for every person that is watching online that, that finds themselves in a place where they're having to believe. They're having to believe for something that looks impossible. They're having to believe for something that looked like it was gonna work out, but it didn't. I pray in the name of Jesus that right now you encounter these people and that they will know that you are there for them. They will know that you care about them, that you're concerned with them. Lord God, that you are so attentive to their needs and that you have a plan and that you're working things out. You're not done doing your thing. You're not done working. Let them know that they let them know that you care, God. Let them know that you care. Come on right now, just begin to receive the love of God. Just begin to receive the love of God. Yeah. Come on, just begin to receive the love of God in your heart. Come on, God cares about you. He loves you. Yeah. But this is who you are. Come on, come on. It's not just what you do. Come on. But this is who you are. Come on, let God let God minister your heart right now. Come on. Look, I want to I want to tell you something this morning. This is for everybody that raised their hand, but church, this is for all of us. You're going to end up in a maybe you're in it now, maybe you're not, but you're going to end up in a point in your life where you're going to you're going to be in the middle. Maybe it's for a day, maybe it's for a year, maybe it's for 10 years where you're going to be in the middle. You're going to be between one phone call and the next. You're going to it might be for five minutes. You're just waiting to get a phone call about something. It might be for years waiting for God to move in your life. Don't give up on God because he hasn't given up on you. Do not give up on God because he has not given up on you. And he is still doing his God stuff. He is still moving. He is still doing that kind of stuff. Don't give up on God because he's not giving up on you. And whenever you can learn how to middle, when you can learn how to middle, let me tell you something. That's whenever you can see God start doing some things in your life. Can I get an amen, church? Come on, can I get an amen, church? Amen. Come on, let's put our hands together for Jesus.